0: What up, boy Jay-Z? And that's what's officially hot in the street. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers.
1: The hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers.
2: I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on the George Zimmerman case. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. I've been getting texts and tweets uh, since the verdict was announced. Last night at 10 o'clock, a jury of six women in Florida found George Zimmerman not guilty. I want to know what you think about this. Hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. What do you think happened here? Did something go wrong? Do we not understand the justice system? What happened? Many people thought that there would at least be a manslaughter conviction. Instead, not guilty on all counts. We're gonna find out what happened. Maybe Florida law is different. Are there things we need to know? And what about the reaction from the community, from the families, from the family of Trayvon Martin, clinging to their faith, looking to their faith for support at this time when they say their hearts are broken? urging peace for everybody that is upset with this verdict. And we've got a great panel with us to uh, break this down and help us understand this. Joining us right now in studio Charles Coleman. He's a former Brooklyn ADA federal civil rights attorney. Charles, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is Faith Jenkins. If you were watching TV this weekend, CNN, Fox, any of the uh, cable news outlets, you probably saw Faith. She's a former prosecutor, TV legal analyst, one of the top attorneys Faith, thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is El-Tariq Anque, a community activist who's been with us with Street Soldiers many, many times through many different uh, episodes and things that have been happening in the news. El-Tariq, thank you so much for, for being you, with us. Thank you, Thank you. Also with us is Julian Lewis. He's a Howard University graduate and an activist. Julian, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. And um, on the phone joining us is TJ Holmes. And uh, he's been covering the trial for HLN, and I want to start with him. TJ, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, good morning all. Good morning. What is the mood like in Florida right now?
3: Well, the mood in Florida is like the mood is uh, a lot of places around the country. People are just shocked um, because it's hard no matter what you say about the legal system, what you say about laws. People just aren't going to be able to get their head around the fact that a man could initiate, initiate, A confrontation with this young man, and when I say confrontation, Zimmerman just not getting out of the car, Trayvon would still be alive today. And I think it's just shock. I mean, people are expressing themselves, and they're outraged, and they're having protests. But at the same time, I think people are just stunned because I think that more so than anything is the part that people can't get past: that how can you be the one responsible? He might be not guilty, but everybody it's pretty clear that George Zimmerman was still responsible, at least that's what they think in their mind. So I think it's it's a lot of shock and a lot of sadness right
2: now. Charles Coleman, former prosecutor, federal civil rights attorney. How can you explain this to us so we can understand it?
4: You know, this is obviously a very difficult verdict for a lot of people to digest. But I think the first thing that people have to really understand is that the prosecution had an uphill battle going into this case. And that starts way before the trial. I mean, I think if you look at the entire history of the case from the moment that Mr. Zimmerman was indicted, uh, the prosecution had some issues. Uh, I think that the indictment was a little rushed. And I think that that impacted what was actually charged. And when you get to trial, now you have a situation where instead of proving George Zimmerman to be a killer, you have to now prove that George Zimmerman is a monster. And there's a difference there uh, in terms of what it is that the prosecution had to establish in order to sustain the charges that they brought. Um, Usually you have it's difficult enough to prove a case when you have one witness. In this case, you had only two people who actually knew what happened one was dead the other person has a constitutional right against self-incrimination so he didn't have to take the stand so the prosecution had a very very difficult case and i think a lot of people don't understand that they just look at some of the facts that they've you know heard through reading even in watching the trial Um, but people need to understand that in terms of the burden of proof that is on the prosecution and the fact that they had to work with and the fact that they're in fact, were no eyewitnesses, that makes it an extremely difficult case for the prosecution. But
2: Faith Jenkins, we know that somebody was killed. Trayvon Martin is dead. We've seen cases in New York where people have had car accidents and they're, they're hit with a manslaughter. They catch a manslaughter charge. What happened here?
5: I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Trials are not about the truth. As a prosecutor, when you get a case... There's what you believed happened, and there's what you can prove. And those are two very different things. And this is a case where the prosecutors knew a set of facts. They knew what happened. Um, The public then came to realize and understand those facts and knew what happened. But then there's proving those facts in court. And... Those are two very different things and if you can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt what you think happened this is what happens you get a you get a jury verdict like this but at the end of the day you know in murder cases when you this is what this wasn't a who done it we know who did it right and when you have a body... And we know how it was done. A how gun it was, was fired. And when you have a body and you have a teenager who was not doing anything wrong and they are dead, you would think that our justice system somehow would hold someone accountable. You would think so. And that is what is so shameful about this case and the outcome in this case. George Zimmerman was allowed to go home last night, no accountability whatsoever, but as the prosecutor said, the blood of Trayvon Martin will forever be
2: on his hands.
4: I, I think... I think one thing that happened in the course of the trial is that the prosecution lost control of the narrative. a trial? You mean
2: how they were telling the story? Exactly, because there was never a f- complete exp- explanation, right. of I, what happened. Because
5: they didn't know it; they they didn't know what happened.
4: When you're on a when when you a trial is essentially two people telling you a story, telling a story to the jury, and each side is trying to convince the jury of what's important. You know, last night I watched the state attorney talk about the fact that she felt that this was a trial of details, or that this was a case about details. I actually disagree. I think that. The mistake that the prosecution made was letting the bottom line get away from the jury. And the bottom line was there was a 17-year-old young black boy who was shot after being unarmed and had done nothing wrong. And once that narrative got away from the jury... Then there became room for reasonable doubt to come into play, and now no one is being held accountable for his death.
2: El tariq as a community activist, your ear to the streets. What are the streets saying about this?
6: You know, we shocked, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, how can you, how shocked can we be when it comes to the judicial system? And, and, and we dealing with us. We dealing with us as a whole. We never um, get a fair, a fair anything when it comes to it. So for us to be running around and everybody sad, I feel the energy. But we're gonna keep getting these same results as long as we don't until we start working together, start coming together, start working in silo, until we realize that he's even bigger than Trayvon and Zimmerman. What about the Rahim that was killed by the Fahim? And, and they the same complexion. So how do you put one body on top of another body? One life is more important than another life. Until we all get on the same page and, and, and start realizing that when one person dies, whether they're killed by a Zimmerman or they're killed by a brother man, it's still a problem, and that's the problem right there. We don't recognize that on a whole. That is the biggest problem right there. We're dying.
2: Julian Lewis, as a young community activist, what does this verdict say to to young men?
7: Well, I really think that it says to the overall youth around the country, it, it asks us a fundamental question. It asks us how many more of us have to get killed before we turn off the television? How many more of us have to die before we stop watching Basketball Wives? How many more of us have to die before we stop watching Love and Hip Hop? How many more of us have to die to get us to stand up, to get us to put our big boy boots on, our big boy pants on, put your big boy suit and tie on, and go down to your city council and run for the council so you can protect your people. Go down to the the state house and run for state legislature so you can protect your people. Run for state senator. Run for governor of your state. You're saying get involved in the United States.
2: Get involved So you can
7: change these laws. So you can... Create laws that will benefit people that you care about if you genuinely feel that you're not getting a fair shake. That is a fundamental question that young people all over the country, and when I mean young people, I would like to say below the age of 26 you must ask yourself, how much do you really care about what happened to Drayvon? All right, and he we're going to
2: find out what people, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're, we're, we have a lot of phone calls at 1-800-223-9797, a lot of guests and a lot of questions. And TJ, the, uh, in, in terms of the reaction that you've seen around the country from your perch in Atlanta, at HLN, what are you seeing?
3: Oh, well, uh, like the, the young brother was just saying there, um, I, I think we're not, and young people, as he said, under the age of 26, aren't engaged enough um, i mean stop and go look at the voter participation rates in florida during the legislature during the election that put that legislature in place that passed this law this is what this really goes back to i mean the law like it or not is a big reason why george zimmerman is not going to go to jail and it starts so much earlier before we even get to an incident in which it happened to Drayvon martin before we get to that there's an engagement that needs to take place that oftentimes is not taking place so the law protected george zimmerman the law allowed this to take place and that law was put in place because somewhere at some point we weren't engaged enough and young people i mean we could all take responsibility for it just weren't engaged enough to know what was coming and what could happen and and please, I encourage everybody, check your state. we got 20-plus states that followed suit after Florida, after the NRA made push for laws such as this. You need to know what's happening in your own neighborhood as well. And like the young brother said, uh, said, well, uh, you have to be engaged. It's so hard for us oftentimes to say, oh, my vote doesn't matter, one vote doesn't count, and so on and so forth. Well, this is a good example of why it does.
2: All right, let's, uh, let's go to Ife Jahare. Is it Ife? Am I saying it right? Yes, it's Ife. Ife, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you organized a social media campaign on behalf of Trayvon Martin and his reputation. um, As things were being said, you know, in social media, how are you feeling today and what's going on?
8: Well, I guess like other people, I'm overwhelmed uh, with emotion. Actually, I absorb everybody else's emotions, so I'm feeling what everyone is feeling. I think that um, more than shocked, people are just overwhelmed with the absurdity of it all like um, one of the brothers said if uh zimmerman just had not gotten out the car i think that uh what highlighted it for trayvon was kind of like with emmett teal i think it was the innocence of it all you know with emmett teal being a young boy naive visiting the um south from the north not knowing, just whistling at you know a woman or whatever and being killed and here we have trayvon who was just walking home was skittles and arizona tea so you know because they highlighted the arizona tea and the skittles it just made it so innocent so i think it was the innocence of it all that highlighted it but what i see a lot on social media is a cry for what's next what what do we do next
2: oh we're going to talk we're going to talk about that charles coleman in terms of the law it, is there is it different in Florida than it is here in New York?
4: Well, everyone, there are a lot of different lot of differences in terms of jurisdictions and and self defense laws. In New York, you for example do have a duty to retreat, and that is the exact opposite of stand your ground. I mean, it, it is just what it sounds like. A duty to retreat means that if you're in a, in a confrontation, you don't have the authority to use uh, deadly force. You're supposed to try to run away. Exactly, you're supposed to try to evade the situation if at all possible, um, and I think. I think that's also very relevant when you talk about this verdict. Um, Florida is a place, it's a jurisdiction uh, like many others where, for example, cultural norms dictate that people should be able to carry firearms. Cultural norms dictate that people should be able to defend themselves as they see fit, which is why you have a situation like stand your ground. And I think that, that that sort of attitude, that mindset In terms of your jurors, when you you talk about a jury of your peers, that comes into play as far as why they may have felt or bought the the notion that uh, there was some level of justification involved with uh, Mr. Zimmerman's actions.
2: Faith Jenkins, what choices did this jury have? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying to us, too, why didn't he get anything? Why wasn't he found guilty on something? I mean, a young man is dead.
5: Well, because they apparently um, decided he there wasn't enough evidence to prove the state had the burden of proving he did not act in self-defense beyond a reasonable doubt. That burden was the state's, and apparently this jury uh, did not believe that the state met that burden. Uh, now, Stand Your Ground was not the self-defense law used in the trial. He elected originally, George Zimmerman was not arrested because of the Stand Your Ground law, which I agree is a a terrible law. We don't need laws that encourage people to kill. We need laws that encourage people to count to ten, to take a step back, to relax, to think and reflect on the situation. Stand Your Ground, you don't have to do that. Um, And and that's the problem with Stand Your Ground laws because when two people are involved in an encounter, understand your ground, it encourages you to kill the other person because then there's no one else left to tell their side of the story. And if you have some injuries, you can just do what George Zimmerman did and say, I was being attacked. I was being beaten. And when it's a young black man, the likelihood is you are going to be believed because of the stereotype. The young black man, you saw the narrative the defense painted in this trial. Uh, He was a purveyor of violence. He was a villain. I was scared of him.
2: And jurors, you should be scared of him too. Was this a demonization of young black men? Oh,
5: Trayvon Martin was put on trial here. There's no doubt about that. No one was convicted in this trial except for trayvon martin he 's the guilty person
4: and that is the the unfortunate irony of this entire situation. Everyone but George Zimmerman was on trial. Trayvon Martin was on trial. Rachel Jean Tall was on trial. everyone besides the trigger man who was sitting in that courtroom was placed on trial and and, and, and that and that 's what I talk about when i when when I mention. The prosecution losing control of the narrative. Not only was it not enough that this young unarmed man was gunned down, but then his character was assassinated, and there was an attempt to sully the the name of his family. And it, and it, it his makes, family,
2: you have to say, uh, conducted themselves with unbelievable
4: dignity and grace absolutely. through this this ordeal. Incredible poise. Incredible poise. Really.
2: All right. Let's go. To the phones one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Is this Janine from Harlem? Jetline. Jelaine? Yes. Yes. Wait, what's your name? How you
1: doing? All right, how
2: are you? What's your name?
1: Oh, man, I am am very upset, as I am sure that the black community is as upset with me. All right, this uh, verdict here, all right, it sends a dangerous message to any uh, black person walking up the streets of Harlem, Bronx, or any other neighborhood. Because, first of all, all right, in the eyes of the official policeman, he sees black life extremely more cheaper now that the, now that the fake toy cop got away scot-free with killing this boy.
2: All right, thank you very much for the call. Let's, let's go to uh, Malik from South Jamaica, Queens. He organized uh, hoodies for Trayvon, one of the protests. Malik, thanks for calling in.
1: Um, um, how you doing? I, I, I think that something's not being mis- uh, mentioned. Okay. The precedence has been set on young black lives over 400 years ago. The black man's life ain't worth but spare in this country. And, and, and we talk about the prosecution drop. They're not engaged enough, and we need to vote enough, and, and, and we need to get out there in these streets. And my only suggestion is to the grandmas and everyone else, like, well, with Molly Graham, this precedence has been set. With 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 Sean Bell, who's from Queens, this precedence has been set. This is not new to us. And, and 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 my suggestion to the community is: Grandma, go outside. Grandpas, go outside. We need to stop fearing the same narrative yep. that uh, white America is fearing. See that that's the play. Like these 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 white women that were sitting on this jury, they they were afraid of black young men. That is the narrative of this country. They are afraid of us. So it's easy to, con- or not to convict, and uh, to convict Trayvon.
2: All right, Malik, thank you very much for the call. The jury was all women. Was that significant? And I'm not sure of the racial and ethnic composition of the jury.
5: There were um, five white jurors, and one was black or Hispanic. Hispanic yeah. I thought that um, having an all-female jury would help the state, because five out of six of them were mothers. And To me, I mean, I could understand the prosecutor's argument. George Zimmerman is a mother's worst nightmare because you send your child to the store and you believe that they're going to make it home okay without them being shot and killed. So I really thought that that would resonate with these mothers because, as the caller just said, What message are we sending to people about taking the law into their own hands? What message are we sending to people about shooting and killing the only other eyewitness to a crime? And so um, I thought that having those mothers on the jury would help because they would understand, you know, you have to come out if you say not guilty. There's a Trayvon Martin's mother testified, his brother testified. You're ba- essentially saying no one is being held accountable for this child's death. And I just thought that that would be a difficult thing for them to do.
2: But many of them, I think, were gun owners also, right? Some of them were gun owners. So would yeah. they identify more with Zimmerman, or would that indicate that they are fe- in fear, or is that just the way how they roll in Florida? Well-
4: I, well, I think that, that sort of goes back to some of the cultural differences that when that you talk about when you're looking at different demographics in different places across the country. Yep. Um, and, that, and that really does come into play. Um, you know, as I look at this verdict, I, I, I think to myself uh, about the seventh juror. And the seventh juror, I had hoped, would be justice. But it turned out that the seventh juror, as I saw it, happened to be race. And I think that race was something that was a subtext throughout the entire trial. that, Despite what was said in the courtroom that this is not about race, absolutely. this is about right and wrong. Absolutely. And, 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 and whereas I understand the prosecution's uh, uh, need to, to do that. And as a, as a prosecutor, a former prosecutor of color and being a black man, there's a duality there that can oftentimes be difficult to manage. I get it. But when you look at the bottom line of what the result is, I don't think that you can have a conversation about this case, about this trial, or about this verdict without Injecting acknowledging the notion race. of race not acknowledging that.
5: absolutely. Well, they used the term profiling, right? The prosecutors did without saying racial profiling. The jurors they knew what that meant. They knew that the prosecutors weren't saying Zimmerman profiled Trayvon because he was carrying Skittles versus M and M's. They knew that what profiling meant was it was based on the way he looked and what he was wearing. But the prosecutors did not want to pressure this jury to feel like they were making a race based statement with their verdict. So that's why in the end they decided to walk that line and say this case is not about race. It's about right and wrong because they wanted them to make a humanity based statement with their verdict and not feel that pressure because there were five white women on the jury. So they were concerned about that. And so they didn't want to push that issue and throw it in their face and, and make them believe, well, we've got to we're going to make a big statement about race if we decide this case. So that's why they decided not to do that.
2: All right. Let's uh, go back back to the phones let's go to mitch from brooklyn mitch how you're on hot 97 go right ahead
1: yeah you're doing all right how first, are you I, I gotta say you know it's an unfortunate situation for the martin family all right that's first and foremost now what i i grew up uh, first of all i'm white i grew up in a um You know, a little rough environment. When I grew up, I've had myself. myself, All right, Mitch, uh,
2: Mitch, our phone lines are going crazy. If you could please get to your point.
1: The justice system, at the beginning, somebody said the justice system failed us. The justice system worked out fine. It did just what it was supposed to do. Arrest somebody, put somebody on trial, let the people make a decision. The people made a decision. They found them not guilty. Whether I believe it's right or wrong, doesn't matter. The people spoke, and that's it. And we got to learn how to let it go and accept the decision.
2: Thank
6: you. All right. Thank you. And it's, it, it, okay, I'm so, But it's ahead. easy to say let it go and accept the decision for um, for him to say it like that. But the reality is, man, that the, the justice system, whether he say it's designed to do what it's supposed to do, yeah, it's designed to do what it's supposed to do. Trap us and trap us and keep us trapped no matter how you look at it. You know, I don't want to put the whole Willie Lynch thing back in it or the, with the, the 500 years of oppression or the foot of oppression on our neck. But look at it. Look what's going on. And then we got to take some accountability on ourselves because we do reinforce. These stereotypes that they put on us. So, how long are we gonna play victim or uh, just be involved in this vicious cycle? What's on us at the end of the day?
7: I, I really think that it's important to understand that there are millions and millions and millions of white Americans who voted for the first black president of the United States of America. So, we need to realize that African Americans, if you have white friends. Some of them may be familiar with the horrors that we face on a daily basis, and some of them may not. We all have different life experiences, but if you act in a humane way, in a common bond of humanity, And explain to your friends what's happening to you. Explain to your friends what's happening to your people. If you explain it to them, they will understand. That's how President Obama got elected by so many people of every race, of every nationality. He explained to them what's going on. It is not about race, this is about humanity. There are stupid, ignorant people of every color. All over the world. All right, Julian, I got to jump in
2: right there real quick. Uh, Angelique Tyree, our producer, came in with uh, tweets. What's going on on Twitter? So the
9: Twitter um, messages are going off, as well as the phone lines. Um, We have one Twitter post that says, Your guests say blacks need to get inside the system to fight it effectively. What can Obama do about Zimmerman? I'm so serious. And that was from at Kel68. And another Twitter post read, The prosecutors dropped the ball, plain and simple, incompetence at its best. And that was from Queen Dusky.
2: All right. Thank you very much. And 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Hit us up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. We're talking about the verdict of not guilty in the George Zimmerman case. Was race, what role did race play in this? Or was that the main factor here? And that's the reason that George Zimmerman was
6: able to go home last night. Race play a a part of me, but race, we can't deny it. You know, I'm I'm not going to play on a race card, but it do play a huge part. Because if Zimmerman were black and and Trayvon was another nationality and he committed this crime on Zimmerman, we would have a whole, we'd have a whole different competition, a whole different topic on the story right now. And and you know what it would be about. Exactly. I I, I always say that, that juror psychology is is a really,
4: uh, a delicate thing and, and, you know, to try to go into the mind of, of people sitting in a jury room is, is, a, is a scary place to go. But I think without necessarily making a judgment on any of the particular jurors, I, I don't know them. I've never met them. I think that race plays a factor in as much as it informs our life's experiences and also it informs our perspective. So in terms of how we view things, how we analyze things, how we process facts that are being explained to us, what makes sense and what doesn't, all of that is informed by our culture and our, and our race and our experiences. And, and also
2: so, the region and the generation, too, of the yeah. people as, as well, absolutely.
4: I think. And so in terms of understanding or, or, or what was believable to them or, or what made sense to them, I think a lot of that is informed by race. So even, you know... Th- Explaining that race played a factor in the case doesn't necessarily mean that you're calling any of the jurors jurors racist, but it does mean that it does play a factor in terms of how they analyze the case itself. That's a great point. TJ Seriously, Holmes can I,
2: and. Can I say something to Yes, Ife Jahari, they're so, uh, social media activist. Go right ahead.
8: Yes, as far as um, race playing a part, it definitely played a part. I think that um, the common sense factor is um, black children, black people are killed, and we don't feel protected. There's a lot of uh, posts on social media saying that only white life is protected in America. Well, we have Oscar Grant, Ramali, uh, Ramali Graham, Ayanna Jones, Kamani Gray, Sean Bell, Jordan Davis, uh, people who are murdered, children who are murdered, and no one pays. Um, the cops are either let free, and here we have a vigilante cop who is again let free. So I think the outrage and also where race does play, play a part is when we see that no one is punished for taking our lives. When there's black on black crime, oh, someone is punished. There's a black death, and there's a black man or woman or whatever in jail. But when there is, it's not black on black crime. It's not all, I mean, you know, it's not always punished. So it definitely, let's talk about Marissa Alexander in Florida mm-hmm. who tried to use the stand your ground law and right. no one was killed and she got 20 years. Let's no yeah. not, not keep pretending that we live in a post-racial America. That's why we keep having these things. You're saying there's still two standards t-
2: two standards of justice. Eva Johari, thank you so much for being with us. TJ Holmes, I know you've had a very busy week and a, another busy one ahead of you. Any final thoughts for us?
3: Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll finish, I'll, I'll wrap up on the point the the sister was making about Florida and the Stand Your Ground law and and how it doesn't seem to to fit equally for everybody. And I I do encourage everybody, and I've been so big on this law, go look at cases in Florida. And the Tampa Bay Times has a database that is online that is wonderful to look through. But there are cases where a man shot another man, shot at him 15 times while he was sitting in a car unarmed. His wife's ex-boyfriend shot and killed him. He got off on the Stand Your Ground law. That was a black-on-black crime. There was a case a man was fleeing a fight. He was shot in the back of the head. The man who shot and killed him got off on the stand-your-ground law. There was a case where a guy was laying on the ground and he was shot and killed. The man who shot and killed him got off on the stand Your ground law. There are so many cases there where when you look at the George Zimmerman case, it almost pales in comparison to how outrageous some of these other cases are. But there are so many cases there where... These kinds of miscarriages, it would seem, are taking place, but people are using this law to their advantage. These, these justifiable homicides have gone up since these laws have been in place, and I just encourage everybody to take a look at that, take a look at your state, because the law, the law is what's protecting, and a lot of people say, letting murderers go free. That was not the intent, but it's how it's being used, and... The self-defense law was used now, it appears, successfully in Florida this time around.
2: All right, TJ Holmes, uh, you can see him on HLN. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, for bringing up that point. Ife Johari, thank you also. We're going to continue with our in-studio guests and your telephone calls, 1-800-223-9797. What's your reaction to the not guilty verdict in the George Zimmerman case? What is next for the family of Trayvon Martin? Congressman Hakeem Jeffries here from Brooklyn says he is asking for the Justice Department to look into federal civil rights violations. We'll find out if that's even a possibility, the possibility of a civil court case. We'll talk about that as well. Of course, your telephone calls. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. We'll read your tweets on the air. And uh, let me remind you, Hot 97's Nas at City Field weekend, happening right now. He's performing live after the Mets versus Phillies game, July 19th. Your passes all weekend long on Hot 97. We'll be back right after this.
1: What up, New York City? Are you ready? Ready. Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Tickets sold out. But we got them on
7: Hot 97 for you. This is for you. Like oh. 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 Jay-Z. Justin Timberlake. Live. You are gonna man. tickets weekday mornings
8: at 7.50 on Hot 97. And again with me, Angie Martinez at 4.50 p.m.
7: Whether we're heading out of town or just around it, the RAV4 has available features like the N2 multimedia system, power moonroof, and heated front seats to make the journey as amazing as the destination. Not
5: to mention more than enough room for us and all of our staff.
3: Spacious, smart, stylish, and down for whatever. The 2013 RAV4. Toyota, let's go places. Always drive safely, obey traffic laws, and focus on the road while driving. Apps, and services vary by phone, and carrier. Functionality depends on many factors. Select apps, use large amounts of data, you are responsible for charges. For enrollment, awesome more details, see toyota.com. If you came to Sears, I'd
7: show you a Kenmore Elite French door refrigerator with 33 cubic feet of storage capacity. No other fridge holds more. Isn't that right, Gargantua?
1: Gargantua love big shiny box. Hold 50 pterodactyl wheels. Mmm, Gargantua love pterodactyl wheels.
7: Yeah, it's a giant, all right. And I can't help you save 30% on this model or any other Kenmore Elite Refrigerator.
2: For experts who know more and save you more, this is Sears. Exclusion Supply, see store for details, offer valid 714 to 20.
3: How's my day looking?
2: Crazy. You've got an
9: 830 budget meeting, a 1030 conference call, oh. and 1230 to 4 with legal, then huh. employee reviews until 6.
0: Ooh, I am headed out for my 747 a.m. offsite productivity meeting, then.
9: offsite productivity meeting? Where?
7: McDonald's. A day like this needs something good to eat first. The Simple The joy of morning momentum. Enjoy a great breakfast with a freshly brewed premium roast coffee at McDonald's. For a limited time, get any size coffee for just $1. Prices and participation may vary a la carte only.
6: Whatever happened to summer vacation? The three months of getting away with doing nothing. Now I have production to produce and staffing to staff. I need a McCafe break at McDonald's. All summer long, I can get a small McCafe frappe smoothie or shake for just $2.29. That is an icy cold refreshing break. Thanks McDonald's for giving me back my summer vacation.
7: Get a small McCafe frappe smoothie or shake for just $2.29 at McDonald's. Many restaurants open 24 hours. Prices and participation may vary for a
3: limited time. It was a love forbidden.
4: But, Dad, I'm in love.
3: But there's no sugar. It's only half a Slurpee, far as I'm concerned. And a passion forged in sweet refreshment.
5: If you can do that with 50% fewer calories, wow!
6: Oh, Slurpee light! Slurpee
3: light sugar-free Fanta mango lemonade flavor. Now freezing at a 7-Eleven near you.
6: Oh, thank heaven!
3: For a limited
2: time at participating stores, see stores or slurpee.com for nutrition information. Fanta is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.
3: X Games champion Travis Pastrana has leaped from an airplane without a parachute. He once jumped his rally car 269 feet onto a barge, but his latest feat: Travis races his 650 horsepower Roush Fenway stock car using a racing formulation of Valvoline motor oil with Next Gen technology. Made with 50 percent recycled oil, Valvoline Next Gen is specially designed for today's hotter running engines. Looks like recycling just got badass. To see more from Travis and Valvoline Next Gen, go to youtube.com/slash/valvoline. I'm Jim Cook, brewer of Samuel Adams. Why is Boston Lager loved by beer drinkers? Maybe it's the deep amber color. Or the head so thick you can float a bottle cap. Or maybe it's just a freaking good beer. Feeling good today. When do you
1: crave refreshing iced tea? Twisted Tea wants to know. The next time you want that same satisfying refreshment, but with a kick, grab a Twisted Tea, the refreshing hard iced
7: tea that tastes like real iced tea. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Ace Hood trials the tribulations with the hit single, Bugatti. I woke up in a new book.
1: Featuring Future and Rick Ross. And the hit single, a we out here.
5: Ace Hood trials
1: the tribulations. one selling. Best fight, July 16th.
6: Yo, what up, people?
0: This is Common, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real pile of tricks, and real people. Only on Hot 9-7. People, baby.
2: Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. We are live, streaming live on hot97.com around the country. So text your friends and family right now. We're taking your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797 on the George Zimmerman not guilty verdict. What do you think about that? What went wrong? What are people going to do now? What recourse does the family have in their ongoing fight for justice? We'll be talking about that with our guests, including Charles Coleman. He's a former Brooklyn ADA and a civil rights, federal civil rights attorney, um, TV legal analyst, and former prosecutor Faith Jenkins, community <coughs> activist based out of Newark, Al-Tariq Anque, Julian Lewis, a Howard University graduate and activist. And also joining us on the phone is Dr. Marshall Hennington. He's a trial and jury consultant, as well as a criminal uh, clinical psychologist, and also Stacy Swimp. He's the president of the Frederick Douglass Society, Project 21. It's a national leadership group of uh, black conservatives. Dr. Marshall Hennington, I want to start with you. When you look at this verdict and you look at the jury, what do you conclude?
0: Well, there's a lot of conclusions that you can draw. Uh, I mean, it's very disappointing. I thought that uh, the prosecution did a very... Core case of being consistent with their theme that racial profiling had taken place, and what I mean by that is that in the closing, let me just start with the opening arguments. They emphasized that um, Trayvon Martin was uh, racially profiled by Mr. Zimmerman, and they tried to remain consistent um, throughout their case by indicating. Uh, through the evidence that it would point to that type of conclusion, however, in the closing arguments, they softened up and they did not connect the dots. And I think that it confused the jurors. Uh, I think the jurors were waiting to hear, okay, how is it that he was racially profiled? Um, And how are we to draw this conclusion that this actually occurred based on the weak evidence that you presented to us? The only compelling evidence that they drew um, out was that You know, he did not follow the 911 call that he, uh, Mr. Zimmerman, stated that these punks always get away with this. And uh, that was pretty much it in terms of, you know, having a smoking gun, so to speak. Now, if you try convincing five Caucasian jurors and one Hispanic uh, juror, and all these jurors are female, that they're supposed to believe that Mr. Zimmerman had hatred and that Mr. Zimmerman uh, had ill will, uh, towards this young man, based on that type of evidence, you know, you're asking a, a lot for these jurors to uh, to to support your position. Charles, and Coleman... I felt that, the, and let me just say this: I, I also felt that the defense, um, and you know, you have to give credit what credit is due. Um, they basically selected these jurors because they knew that they could uh, present Trayvon Martin as being a uh, young man that was, um, you know, perhaps in these uh, Caucasian jurors as well as the uh, 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 Hispanic uh, female jurors, they could present him as being a threat, someone that they should be fearful of, someone that, um, you know, was the aggressor. And I think that they did an effective job uh, doing that. However, I think that the prosecution did a very poor job of presenting their case to these people. They should have put race... In a historical context, so that these jurors can understand what it felt like to walk in this young man's shoes. What about and what about the, the options th- or limited options that he had under the circumstances?
2: Exactly, Charles Coleman. What about what about that? The, should the prosecutors have just, in, instead of kind of dancing around and watering down the profiling issue, just really focused on that and explain that?
4: I, I absolutely think that they should have. But I think that what you saw at the trial was a manifestation of. Poor planning in the earlier stages, as early as the indictment. I don't think that the prosecutors took enough time to look at the evidence that they had, knowing that there was a struggle, knowing what they did know at that time, in order to make the proper judgment calls on what it was that they were charging George Zimmerman with. As a result of that, you now then get to a trial where they have to prove certain things about George, George Zimmerman's intent, about his frame of mind, that require them to try to demonize him in a way that they were simply unable to do. Uh, like the caller just said, you know, you have to make. George Zimmerman out in a particular way in order to now fit the bill of what it is that you've charged him with. The indictment was rushed, and part of the reason why the indictment was rushed, I suspect, is because there was enormous political pressure. This was a case that was followed by the entire country. President Obama had weighed in on this case, and so there was enormous pressure on the state uh, attorney's office to bring an indictment as soon as this arrest actually happened. And I don't think the prosecutors thought through how that would play out at trial in terms of the evidence that they did have. Have and what they would need to do in order to secure a conviction.
2: All right, yeah. Stacey Swimp, the, uh, the, issue, the issue of race, how did you see that in this case?
0: Well, I, I never
10: really saw this as a case so much about race, per se. I felt that the media uh, made it out such, uh, do I think that Trayvon Martin was uh, racially profiled? Possibly so, but I absolutely think he was profiled. Uh, based upon uh, Zimmerman's uh, perception that this was a continuum of the break-ins uh, in that area, so I I, I, I can't personally understand uh, why someone would look at someone and uh, to make a determination that this person is a criminal. But uh, I think this case uh, was not so much about race, quite, Candelina. But but I tell you what, I read a book some time ago that it's called As a Man Thinketh, and there was a comment that I kept thinking about yesterday from that book when he said that circumstances are but mere mirrors, which show us who we are and that it doesn't change us. It just shows us something about ourselves. And I think that this case was not so much about race, but we found out if we didn't know that we certainly have some serious, serious issues still in our society as it relates to the so-called race question. I think that we've got to be honest, and I agree with the gentleman uh, who was speaking uh, before me uh, about their comments, uh, and, and I just think that we have to have some serious comments about the historical experiences, and and, and that's really what many, you know, most black Americans were responding to, the injustice in our the criminal justice That system.
2: the history, people are seeing this yeah, as just another and another and, and case in so a long line that, of injustices. It just really,
10: just really, you know, just, it just blew up out of control. I, I almost wish this case would not have been tried in the media, to be honest with you. All right, let's go
2: to Daphne from New York. Daphne, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
8: Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, as a mother of a young black boy and a teacher of many African-American boys, I weep for them. I'm disgusted that Michael Vick got two years prison
2: That's right. term Talk for about that. Um, dogs. A, d- a dog, and for dogs.
8: And women exactly. get no prison time for killing a teenager with no weapon hmm. and no provocation for even following this boy in the first place. But America thinks this is okay. And, the, and one of the callers said to just accept it and move on how can we just accept it and move on when i'm teaching young black men that if they are educated and they do the right thing they will be okay and now if i feel like a liar because they can be walking down the street and somebody think they look like they're doing something wrong somebody think that oh they always get away with these things and then they will die and nothing will come of it America has I'm
2: broken. You know, I I want All I, right, I Daphne, to thank you so much for the call. Thank
8: you. And I think that
0: I think as parents, as concerned parents, um, we have an obligation, a responsibility for our sons and our daughters to educate them about, mm-hmm. you know, the racism that exists in society. And and I think that if we don't do that then we are not only doing a disservice to our our children, but I also believe that we're making them vulnerable for things that could occur in the future that they may not be aware of. And I think that we can't rely on society to educate our kids. All parents must take responsibility and accountable for their own children. Now, in this situation with, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin, um, you know, I'm not trying to blame the victim, but I am saying that, you know, who's to say that his parents did, did or did not warn him to... You know, not wear a hoodie, um, and who's to say? Stacy, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, Stacy, wait. I have to stop you right there. Wait, what do you mean? If you if you're wearing a hoodie, then that
0: wasn't that's Stacey. no, no. Here you go, okay. jumping to conclusions. What I'm saying. Well, no, you, uh, you're on the phone, and I that can't. They did or did
6: not. Is this what doctor? Wait, is, is this? Is
0: is... Parents, is... What I'm saying as as parents, we now know that we have to educate our children about things like that. Okay, we have to make them self-aware of the clothes they wear, okay, of the areas that they go
2: in. Wait, wait, Uh, hold on one uh, second. Is this Dr. Hennington? That's a, that, speaking. Right,
4: I think that uh, yeah. I, 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 that's
2: that's like saying women if they wear you know if they're exposing their arms or their legs they deserve to get raped. I mean that's kind of. Yeah, I, I think that, think that that's. That, a, I think that, up think up that is you an absolute, mean, I never
4: said that. I think that is an absolute aberration. Aware of the clothes we wear, I
0: said that we have to be aware of the environments that we're in. I have to, and I said that we have to also be aware. Of He's our,
2: walking home I, from I a eleven on a rainy night, pulling a hood over his head. He's not putting on a mask and black gloves with a gat ready to go rob somebody. I think that.
4: I think that is an absolute aberration to what it is that we should be doing and are supposed to be doing as a people. And what you are essentially advocating is that we simply accept that this is the reality and we continue to operate within that. I'm
0: not saying that. What I am saying is that we have to be very conscientious of the racism that exists in society and, and the message that we deliver to our children, okay? Okay. I just and What how, uh, how, how,
4: message how we do we deliver, deliver how to deliver our the leaders? Message,
0: okay, wait, Fa-
2: Faith Jenkins. How,
5: how, about we, how, how, how about okay, we... Okay, hold on one
2: second. Dr. Hennington. hold on one second. Let me let Faith Jenkins, our legal analyst... How about we focus on don't kill people? Don't overreact
5: when you see someone who may be dressed in a way that you think may be suspicious. I don't agree profile with you well. them. Don't follow them. Why don't we focus the attention on the people who actually commit the acts of violence now i understand with our young people there's an image that you want them to portray um when you go on a job interview when you present yourself there's a certain image but at no point can you look at someone as a young man and say that they brought something on themselves like this because of they were wearing
1: a hoodie because of the way they were dressed
2: Okay, and then I just, I want to clarify about the charges because this bothers me and I know a lot of people don't understand it either. We've seen, there was no, they could have found him guilty of second degree murder, guilty of manslaughter, and that's it. There's no involuntary manslaughter there like we have in New York?
4: Well, Well,
10: Yeah, I, I agree with what she just said. First of all, this is Stacy from Project Twenty One, Frederick Douglass Society speaking. Uh, I thought the same thing to myself. Uh, I thought the second degree murder charges was a gross overreach personally, uh, and I think he was uh, working behind the eight ball because of that from the very beginning. I thought it should have been a manslaughter charge with a lesser charge of voluntary and involuntary manslaughter. But let me just speak to something just right quick, And I won't take long. I promise you that the gentleman said I do think that there are a number of lessons that we have. We can Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm disappointed as well, but at the end of the day, I'm also asking myself, what are the valuable lessons that we can teach our children? I think pride. Correct. You know, pride is a big thing, and, and certainly Trayvon Martin didn't invite it, but I put myself in that young man's position on so many levels. I grew up in the inner city, and I think there are lessons we need to be teaching our young people about individual responsibility, about making sure. Uh, and I know this may sound crazy, but even with social media, you saw how people were using, some in some cases, Facebook in some cases real uh... uh, clips from Trayvon martin's twitter uh, account facebook account and you know i i tell my own sisters about my two younger sisters. I tell my own sisters about, hey, be careful what you put on social media. You never know how those things will be used against you. It could be a job. It could be anything. So I think there are a number of lessons that we need to be talking about to our young people, to our grown folks in Neighborhood Watch Programs. So I pray that that, that doesn't get lost in this whole uh, conversation, not just on this particular panel, but going forward. I pray that we're talking about those viable lessons and that, yes, we need to talk about the fact that we still have issues with discrimination, and racism, and public policy. We need to be able to perceive the difference between real and not real, but at the end of the day, we still have to talk about the individual
2: responsibility piece.
6: Just just my personal opinion about this whole situation. One thing, there was nothing that uh, the prosecution would have been able to convince these jurors about anything. When we went in today, I'm telling you right now, I already knew what it was. Once they started deliberating more than three hours, I already knew what the verdict was. I've been through a homicide trial myself, so I, I talking firsthand. And the second thing is, it's kind of like you know, I'm not saying this karma, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm using the right words. But this is what happens when when the media trials us, and then everybody gets on to a case because it's trendy. Everybody start wearing the hoods because it's trendy, and we get all this support because it's trendy. What about all the support for the regular people that's getting killed every day in the community? That's the. Big, I'm telling you, we we get so far away from the little stuff because we focus on this one issue. It's bigger than Trayvon. I'm not trying to take. I'm not being insensitive to anything right now. But what about the two people that got killed in North today, or the three people in, in in New York what about Chicago 72 shooters over a weekend. You know, come on now. We, we put all this energy in, in these celebrities. They put on hoodies and want to wear shirts at, at their war show. What about the regular Joes that's getting killed every day? We're taking away from this. And until we get to, to the real root of the problem, we got to stop working in silo and work together. We will never get nowhere as a people, and we're going to get the same results at the uh, time. And
2: you're saying take every life. Every life has the same, everyone, same value. Everyone, uh, everyone. All right, let me, br- let me bring in uh, Norman Seabrook, President of Coba. Norman, Good
6: thanks morning, for calling Richard, in. Good morning.
2: All right, how are you? i am I'm, I'm good you know
1: i'm a, I'm not shocked at <laughs> this verdict and and let me say that as a law enforcement officer, there are laws that allow people to do certain things, whether we like them or not. these laws have been written. One of the things that uh Zimmerman's first let me say Zimmerman's attorneys were brilliant these guys were brilliant they brought their a game when they came out, and they fought. For their client and that's what they do regardless of what we believe at the end of the day they fight for their people and that's what they did but one of the witnesses said something that i know stuck in the jury's said because i know it stuck in my head they said that if you are in a fight and 30 seconds into this fight you are losing this fight you need to change, change your
4: tactics. tactics immediately change your tactics
1: and when they changed tactics zimmerman changed tactics because Trayvon Martin was that much better. He pulled a gun and he equalized it thinking that that was the answer. It's unfortunate that the attorney general that took the case didn't prepare the attorneys going in to a real fight to win. They just thought that it would Calm the
2: community down. The state. Well, we I mean, that's a bit. Norman, I got to let you go because we're up against the clock here. We're mm-hmm. just about out of time. But that—that's the big question of whether they put up the best fight. Do you think they did, Charles?
4: I think that they did. But I think when I, when I if if I had to put a theme to the prosecution's case, it would have to be too little, too late. I think the prosecution did an outstanding job on their summation. I think that they did a great job of trying to shore up holes and, and tie things together when they closing. I think they did an excellent job on their rebuttal. However I think that they had created so many problems for themselves in terms of how they went about presenting their case in chief that it was just too big of a hole to climb out of. I want to go back just for a brief moment and address the comments regarding uh, what we teach our young people, because those re- that really stuck with me. That what Dr. Hennington said, it. yeah, right. And 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 I don't want to make this a cliche, but our community has to own and control our own narrative. Mm. By walking around and saying, well, we have to be careful about what it is we teach our young people and letting that be the end of the discussion, we are now allowing ourselves to operate within the confines of someone else's narrative. Rather than taking that energy and making the next sentence be, we also have to take the same amount of vigor and vigilance in terms of addressing injustice and speaking truth to power until the point that young black boys lives are as valuable as anyone else's until the point that members of our community do not continue to be targeted, profiled and hunted down we must continue to apply that same amount of pressure to the outside world it's fine to tell our young people how to act and conduct themselves and 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 protect themselves in certain environments but that does not allow us and should not allow us to let society off the hook in terms of making sure that our lives are as valuable as anyone else's
2: all right angelique tyree our associate
9: producer what's going on on twitter So Twitter is once again going crazy. We have one tweet from G.J. McRae saying justice is unbalanced, but we have voices in the political arena. But who's talking? No one. We lack leaders and voices. Another one came from R underscore Oban which reads, outside of the major cities, people forget Florida culture is as Southern and conservative as anywhere else in the South. Mm. And the last one is from Daniel P. underscore 31, saying that this trial should be a wake-up call. The
2: stereotypes are killing us. All right, that's uh, Anjali Tyree, our associate producer, and also Miss Empire State Essence 2013. So we're going to tell you how to support her at the end of the show. Let's go right now to True from Arizona. True, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
9: Yeah, peace.
1: Um, peace. I just wanted to speak as a independent hip hop media host. Um, well, as far as what is next, we know that the media has a lot of influence influence on how in in, in cr- creating George Zimmerman type mind states. And I just wanted to know, like, as far as uh, what we do in hip hop, um, going forward, will will we'll, we'll like Hot ninety seven play more songs that speak to the youth that politicize their minds and, you know what I'm saying, make them more community uh, oriented. I, like
2: songs, that, well, um, well. Let's see. True I'm, true, I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of time. I know you're calling from Arizona. I want to thank, thank you for calling in. That's a question for our program director, who's not here. But also, it, it depends on the artist. I'm sure if there were a lot of artists that were doing that, there would be a response uh, from Hot 97 because we always have our ear to the streets.
6: They're not going to do that because it's not trendy.
2: There is a, there is a rally today. I wanted to let you know about Kevin Powell and BK Nation. They're calling for a peaceful protest on the George Zimmerman verdict at 2 p.m. this afternoon at Union Square in Manhattan. That's Broadway and Fourteenth Street. They're saying, please bring signs, people. Your voices pass this on, repost, tweet. They're encouraging folks of all backgrounds across America, people from every background who care about justice, to show up at Union Square this afternoon at two o'clock. That's Kevin Powell and BK Nation for a peaceful protest. So uh, I wish we had more time. We have a lot of callers left on the line: Keisha Brandon, Sheena, uh, John, Rodney, um, Stacy Stimp, and Dr. Marshall Hennington. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. And also our guests in studio, Charles Coleman, Faith Jenkins, El Tariq Julian Lewis. I want to thank you all for being with us on this episode of Street Soldiers. We really uh really appreciate it. And also I want to send our condolences uh, to the family of Private Errol. Elijah Milliard from Brooklyn. He was 18 years old. He was killed serving our country in Afghanistan. So our condolences. I know there's many prayers going out at church services in Brooklyn for uh, Private Errol Elijah Milliard and his family today. So our condolences to you. And also, I want to let you know our uh, associate producer, Angelique Tyree was uh, chosen to be Miss Empire State Essence 2013. You can Google it. She is uh, in the competition on Saturday. You can vote. Right now, she's number one in the People's Choice. Like, I'll let you know, they do charge you a dollar for the vote. Um, <laughs> she's worth it. She's worth it, totally. She's totally worth it. So she's the People's Choice. You can you can give her a vote, give her some support. And I uh, want to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97, my executive producer, Tone Capone, our production supervisor, Andrew Varis, our associate producer, angelique tyree the one and only tj on the boards posting keeping it all going always on point point. and i want to thank our sponsor uh this episode of street soldiers was brought to you by dunkin donuts new hot and spicy breakfast brings a perfect amount of heat to your morning start your day spicy america runs on Dunkin'. We want to thank you check me out on the fox five news at five six and ten follow me on twitter at lisa evers google plus Lisa Evers Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. You'll see where I am during the week, maybe in your neighborhood. So... Uh Check it out. We'll be back live next Sunday on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace.
4: So this is how we're going to do it. Hot 97
7: has your tickets to see Drake. Turn up your radio right now. Started from the bottom, now we're here.
5: Drake, Niguel, and Future. All taking over the Prudential Center in Jersey. And the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, October 27th and 28th. New York City, New Jersey, I always hold you down.
7: Long as my...
5: You know, Hot 97
6: is the first station to hook you up with these tickets. What goes great with the delicious chocolate taste of Milky Way?